Greetings, plebs. It's me, Boris Johnson, Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. If I sound a bit different, it's because I'm socially distancing. Yes, I'm keeping two meters away from myself at all times. Anyway, I'm wishing you a bonzo merry new year and a blistering 2020. Or is it blisters for 21? Anyway, as I was always saying, Latin loqui possum. Boris out. Welcome back to the Castle's podcast. We've been on hiatus for the last little while as the castle has been closed and there hasn't been much in the way of events happening here in the UK. But like the rest of the Castle experience, we are moving online and we return with a bi-weekly podcast sharing news, views, and life as it pertains to the BISC. But first, the news. The new year started with a there are jabs aplenty and the castle's reading again. There were quiet works, get it, not fireworks, in the air to mark the new year as public celebrations were curtailed or shifted to television. In America, the Dick Clark rocking New Year's Eve had the ball come down to an empty Times Square, and in London, Jules Holland's New Year's Hootenanny was socially distanced. But this didn't stop celebrations, and there were Zoom fests in this lockdown New Year. There is good news on the coronavirus front, as Britain, Canada, and the US have all approved the Pfizer mRNA vaccine for public use, and the UK has also begun deploying the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine, while Canada has adopted the Moderna vaccine. The UK plans to issue as many as 2 million vaccines a week over the next six months to reach a target of 15 million vaccinations by the end of March. This should cover the nation's vulnerable population and gives optimism to a belief that the end of lockdowns and restrictions will be here by spring. We are not at the end of this journey quite yet, and it looks like both Canada and the UK will be enacting tighter restrictions over the next few weeks as we battle the winter surge, but the vaccines have been proven to work, and if 2020 was the year of COVID-19, then 2021 is the year of the vaccination program. There is indeed light at the end of this very dark tunnel. And finally, the castle is reading again. If you weren't aware, the castle has a book club. We recently finished the books Lanny by Max Porter and The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. We are currently reading the short novella and Every Morning the Way Home Gets Longer and Longer by Frederick Backman, and that will be followed by Island of the Sea Woman by Lisa C. Castle Reads is a castle initiative where we, as a community, work through a book a month. Castle Reads is for students, staff, faculty, and alumni, and if you're looking to meet more of the Castle community, it's a great opportunity to do so. If you're interested in joining the Castle Reads program, get in touch with me, Robert Highland, by email. I'll be sending out periodic reminders through the term. We meet once a month and generally work through three or four books over a term. There is no obligation to read all the books, and this is a community initiative. And that's all for the news. Looking ahead to things coming up this term, Winter 2021 courses and BISC 101 begin next week with classes starting on January the 11th. There is a two-week ad drop period, so you can explore the courses by registering, looking at the on-queue pages, and checking out the first week or so of class before making your decision if that class is right for you. 
Classes start next week, but there are plenty of things to do this week. If you haven't completed the Student Services Escape Room yet, there's still time to sign up. Visit the Student Services Thrive on Q page for details. If you're interested in Queen's internationalization programs, you can take a certificate course in intercultural awareness delivered by the Quick and the Four Directions Indigenous Students Centre. You can even earn points towards the BISC Skills Award. And on Friday, Student Services is hosting Guess the Song, where you can <clears throat> guess a song. That's at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check out this week's Student Services newsletter for details on how to sign up. And Wednesday, January 27th, is Holocaust Memorial Day. Look out in your emails for details on how the castle will be observing that event. There are tulips coming to the castle grounds. Tulips are one of the best things about spring. They bring a burst of color, and Guy Lucas, the castle's estates manager, has been planting tulip bulbs throughout the castle gardens to help to create sustainable perennial borders. He's been trialing lily tulips and Darwin hybrids to make sure that they survive our wet winters. But if you come to the castle this spring or summer, look for their colorful heads. Until then, we'll just have to content ourselves with the January snowdrops and the February daffodils. May brings the first of our foxgloves, and the woodland walk will be filled with a dazzling display of bluebells. We are again in lockdown, so there's a lot of time to watch some television. Here's a quick roundup of the best of streaming TV. On Netflix, there is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, starring Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman in his final film appearance. This film, about jazz music in the 1920s, has a fantastic soundtrack and beautiful performances. It's certainly one to check out over the dark winter days. On Disney+, Plus, try checking out The Black Cauldron, a long-forgotten animated masterpiece by Disney at the beginning of its financial decline in the 80s. The film from 1985 was troubled from the start. It was delayed for six years and eventually became the most expensive animated film at the time. It was then rushed, hastily cut, and a box office failure. But if you're a fan of darker animated films, this is one to watch, and there are certainly elements of beauty in that film. Of course, on Disney+, Plus, there's The Mandalorian Season 2. This Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau-helmed series has become Disney's flagship show, and it captures something of the desert wastelands of the original Star Wars trilogy. It also brings in characters from The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. The high production values and chaptered storytelling make this series pleasurable to watch. And on Amazon, uh, there are apps you can download so you can watch Netflix or Disney+. Plus. And finally, a plug for the Castle Reads program. This is a Castle Community Book Club that works through a book a month. For our next meeting, we'll be discussing Frederick Backman's work, and every morning the way home gets longer and longer. This is a short, punchy, accidental novella. Never intended to be published, this was a collection of Backman's thoughts on time, life, memory, and loss. At a brisk 75 pages, it's a quick but powerful read and a great introduction to the Castle Reads Book Club. Consider picking up a copy and joining us mid-January for our discussion of that text. And now a new feature, Olutubi's Corner. BISC student Olutubi Akintunde has shared a poem. Each podcast, Olutubi will be providing some insight or literary work. Here is Olutubi's first contribution. To end this podcast, I would like to reminisce on this poem that I found. It's by Mary Oliver, and it's called Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. 
You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about your despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination. Calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing their place in the family of things. And to finish, a short reading from And Every Morning, The Way Home Gets Longer and Longer. There's a hospital room at the end of a life where someone, right in the middle of the floor, has pitched a green tent. A person wakes up inside it, breathless and afraid, not knowing where he is. A young man sitting next to him, whispers, don't be scared. Isn't that the best of all life's ages, an old man thinks as he looks at his grandchild, when a boy is just big enough to know how the world works, but still young enough to refuse to accept it. Noah's feet don't touch the ground when his legs dangle over the edge of the bench, but his head reaches all the way to space because he hasn't been alive long enough to allow anyone to keep his thoughts on earth. His grandpa is sitting next to him and is incredibly old, of course, so old now that people have given up and no longer nag him to start acting like an adult. So old that it's too late to grow up. It's not so bad either, that age. The bench is in a square. Noah blinks heavily at the sunrise beyond it, newly woken. He doesn't want to admit to Grandpa that he doesn't know where they are, because this has always been their game. Noah closes his eyes, and Grandpa takes him somewhere they've never been before. Sometimes the boy has to squeeze his eyes tight, tight shut, while he and Grandpa change buses four times in town, and sometimes Grandpa just takes him straight into the woods behind the house by the lake. Sometimes they go in the boat, often for so long that Noah falls asleep. And once they've made it far enough, Grandpa whispers, Open your eyes, and gives Noah a map and a compass and the task of working out how they're going to get home. Grandpa knows he'll always manage, because there are two things in life in which Grandpa's faith is unwavering, mathematics and his grandson. A group of people calculated how to fly three men to the moon when Grandpa was young, and mathematics took them all the way there and back again. Numbers always lead people back. To find out more about this story, check out the Castle Reads program. But for me, and for Ulutabi, goodbye. Thank you.